Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Find Yourself, the new single from Punchline, is out now. All leader, all follow, I just want to get there. If anyone knows better, then please show us out of here. I'm not saying I know, but I see the next step. If that's all we can get, then it's better than zip. This is not just Listen to Punchlines, find yourself on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere you stream music. What better way to spiritually connect to your ancestors than by sitting around a fire, sipping on some moonshine, and listening to the 1998 single Hooch by the band Everything. Our Patreon sure thought it sounded like a good idea because they voted for it. But do we think hooch is the sweetest thing in the world, or does it leave a bitter taste in our mouths? Stick around to find out everything you ever wanted to know about everything. No, <laughs> not here. So this was a Patreon one for us. Patreon decided that we need to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And by everything, we mean the the band that formed in James Madison University in 1989. This band, I'm not sure if you noticed this in your research, a lot of parallels to last week's episode with Jellyfish as far as just like time that the band was formed, where it charted. <laughs> like there, there was a... There was a weird symmetry where when I was updating my notes, I was like, I don't really have to change a few things 
Hmm. One is way more beloved than the other one, though, ultimately. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my opinion to myself about that <laughs> that comparison. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Hooch, I assume you like this song because of The Water Boy? So let me let me take you back. So the year is, is 1998. Uh, I took the time to go through the charts and just pull up a couple songs that were like, not in the top 10, but we're just like scattered amongst the charts that that would have also been on rock radio at this time. So I'm listening to Y100. That's my go-to station. And I'd be hearing Hooch by Everything along with Eagle Eye Cherry's Save Tonight, Eve Six's Inside Out, Natalie Imbruglia's Torn, Third Eye Blind's Jumper, and Sean Mullen's Lullaby. A lot of uh, future or past episodes scattered amongst there. But I didn't really like this song as much as a lot of those other songs. Like, I immediately love the Eve Six song. I immediately love Sean Mullins and Third Eye Blind and Torn. This was kind of just there. I didn't pay too much attention to it. But then one day, I was feeling particularly nostalgic, maybe five or six years ago. And I decided to make a Spotify playlist called Y100 because that radio station went away in early 2000, and it was literally just a playlist of every single song that would have gotten played on Y100 during the time that I was listening to it between like 1991 and 2001. Some major hit songs, some minor hit songs, but just anything that was a a release single in the 90s that would have been considered alternative rock got put on this playlist. And that's usually what I have playing in my house, is I'll just turn on the Y100 playlist and shuffle it. And... For whatever reason, Hooch kept coming on because Spotify shuffle feature is not the greatest in the world. It kind of grew on me. (laughs) So I figured I'd put it up for a Patreon vote. I'd let the patrons decide if we talked about it. And if we did, it'd be an excuse for me to figure out, was there anything else that was even remotely enjoyable about the band everything? And I'll, I'll hold my thoughts on that for now. But I'm curious about you. What is... I told you that we were doing this song and you immediately were like, the Who Got the Hoot song? <laughs> so obviously you knew this one from before yeah, I picked it. It was pretty unavoidable. This song, for anyone who doesn't know, when they say hooch, if you're from Virginia, I mean, in general, people might say hooch to refer to any sort of hard alcohol. Particularly in Virginia, I believe they are referring to moonshine. Correct? Yeah. And I believe so. Yeah. the song in general is about nothing more than getting off work, hanging out with your friends by the fire, and sipping on some hooch. Yeah, nothing uh, too heady. I got to stop you right there. Nothing too heady. First verse is all about getting off work, sitting down by the fire with your friends, drinking hooch. The second verse, the party hits its groove, and you're with your friends and you're feeling good. But, Matt, you say there's nothing heady about this song well the last lyric of the second verse is the dance of all who came before which adds a whole level of depth and mystery it kind of connects you know the campfire session sip and hoop to the history of the entire human race presenting it as a tradition reconnecting us to our ancestral past meaning that for centuries and centuries humans have sat together around the fire sipping on hooch and enjoying each other's company. I like that. Is that a Chris Ophelius original? Uh, no, 
I don't know about that. <laughs> it could have been something that I saw people discussing on the internet, or we could just we could pretend that I I made that up. But Matt, I don't mean to call you out here, but I believe if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't believe you ever sipped on hooch. No, is that right? I've never sipped on hooch. I've never sipped on alcohol. Period. But most certainly not wow. moonshine hooch. <laughs> well, if you ever decide to sip on hooch. <laughs> let well first of all if you ever decide to to do some sipping let it be hooch because obviously it'll reconnect you to your ancestral past yes well i'll be sure that when there finally is another chris Vifalius party if at that point i decide it's time for me to finally drink i'll look Ooh. at you and i'll say chris who's got the hooch baby <laughs> Oh, yeah. I look forward to that day when you ask me for the hooch. Another thing that I have to bring up with the lyrics of this song is that, again, this is 1998. I'm like 13, 12, 13 years old at the time that this song's all over the radio. I don't know what water breaks the levee means, and I'm not totally paying attention to the lyrics. So for years, I thought that it was the dumbest lyric in the world because I thought that it was, let's get real, let's get heavy to what a great celebi. As in like a local celebrity and just like, you know, they have their hooch and they're just like, let's hear it for this guy. He's such a great celebi. Which, side note, not a word. <laughs> like, there's, there's never in the history of the world been someone referred to as a celebi, except in my 13-year-old mind when listening to Hooch on the radio. When I finally realized it was Water Breaks the Levee, once I made that playlist, I was like, that makes a trillion times more sense than whatever my dumb teenage brain thought that that lyric was. Hmm, interesting. But that being said, Chris, I would say that you're a, a Pittsburgh celebi. So I'm not sure if you want to like celebi. I'm not sure if you want to carry that around, you know, change your your Twitter profile or anything. But Pittsburgh celebi Chris Vivalius. Right now, my profile, I believe, is American basketball player Chris Vivalius, and I forget why I made it that. I made it that at one point because I believe I was making fun of someone who referred to themselves as something that they would definitely not be known for. Yeah. <laughs> I figured I play basketball once in a while. I'm American. I can refer to myself as American basketball player, Chris Fafalius. Be- Why not? Before we were friends and I really just knew you through Jonathan and the men in their thirties only podcast. I knew you as a bassist and a deck hockey enthusiast. That was the only things I knew about you. Wow. You mean that we weren't even that good of friends back when I was playing deck hockey? Not really. Like, I think we sh- exchanged messages, but I'd only met you once when we went and got wow. tacos with Jonathan when I was living in LA. <laughs> wow. I First of all, A, I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> and B, it doesn't feel like that long ago <laughs> that I was playing deck hockey all the time. But, but it was early Men in Their 30s podcast, so it had to be close to like eight, nine years ago. Wow. Passage of time, man. I Passage know. It's, of time. it's wild. So let's talk a little bit about this band. They formed in 1989 when they were in college. By 1992, they were a full-fledged band. One of the things in Wiki, which I do think is pretty impressive, for over a decade, they played 200 to 250 shows every year, which means that... I mean, Chris, you're a man who likes a band that pays their dues, and that most certainly sounds yeah. like dues being paid. Yeah, that if that is true, that's an insane 
touring schedule. Yeah. Unless they were playing multiple shows per day, uh, I which maybe they were, but that's that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That's eight to nine months of, of your life for a decade straight. That That is insane. And I, I we're just believing Wikipedia on that. We're, yeah, but, we're trusting Wikipedia yeah. on that. But even then, like at least half, if not more, of that time period is also as an independent band. So it's not even like they're having like a label backing <laughs> or anything for a large chunk of that. They released three independent albums. I Spotify has two of the three. One of them sounds like it's just a live album of songs that later appeared on their their later records. And then they signed to Capricorn Records, which I wasn't fully familiar with that record label. I'm not sure if you are at all, but I, I looked into who would have been on Capricorn at the time that everything was signed. Uh, it looked like at that point, their two biggest selling artists on Capricorn were Cake and 311, which I can kind of see like them all kind of like everything kind of fits somewhere in the in the middle there. But I don't know about you. I got a real like Dave Matthews band vibe when I listened to the rest of this band's music. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I, that's that's what you would think. I mean, they met in college. That's what I kind of thought is maybe they were doing the college party circuit. Any of us would be happy to have a hit, but you would think with that much legwork and that much seed planting everywhere that if you got that hit, you'd have a couple follow-ups. Yeah. Well, I think that they got caught up in one of those classic record label merger situations that have, you know, ruined many a band because it seems like they had this album Supernatural come out. And like, let's keep in mind, while both you and I are talking about how inescapable this song was, it peaked at 69 on the Hot 100. Like it wasn't nearly a, the massive hit that I feel like it could have been. Um, wow. That's not that high. Not at all. Now, that being said, it seems like 1998, we're talking like, that is the peak to me of like the music bubble where there were just so many bands. Cause I'm looking at even where they fell. I I've been trying to do more of seeing like, where was this song sandwiched between for the ones that didn't even crack in the top 40 to kind of get a, a rough idea. And this song at 69 was caught between Tupac changes Ooh. and black street featuring Maya mace and blinkety blink. <laughs> Just the worst rap name I've heard in a long time with their song Take Me There from the Rugrats movie. Both of those were also pretty big songs. I imagine both of those songs also rose higher than that at the charts. But yeah. we're talking about like Tupac is debuting at 68 with everything Hooge debuting beneath it at number 69. Um, and then in the top 10, the number one song at the time was the R. Kelly Celine Dion collaboration, I'm Your Angel, which I have what? no recollection of this song <laughs> at all. Neither do I. <laughs> like, R. Kelly, Celine Dion, I never would have thought. No, uh, but then a few of the other songs in the top 10, I do think you remember and know, uh, specifically Lauren Hill's That Thing, um, oh, yeah. Shania Twain from This Moment On, and the Goo Goo Dolls Iris were all also in that top 10. So that's what I'm saying, like 1998, You've got a lot of a lot of moving parts happening in all these different genres. I, I think I want to say that in the later half of the 90s is where you had the most genres crossing over 
into that mainstream top 40 thing. Because comparatively, like the Jellyfish episode, if you look at that chart at that point, it's just like straight pop music still on on the Billboard charts. But this time you're getting like a wild tapestry of like R&B, folk, punk, rock, <laughs> hip hop, and then whatever everything fell into. It's just a fun, mellow song to kick back and drink beer to. Yeah, I don't hate this song. I don't have an opinion of this song ultimately, but it's definitely not disdain. We've talked about songs that I straight up remember being annoyed by at a certain point. This was just background noise. It's perfect background noise, actually. I figured you liked this song because it was in the TV show Scrubs. So I couldn't remember if it was in the show Scrubs. I did write that down when I saw that. There's a character on the show named Hooch, and I was getting that blended in my brain a little bit. Uh, it was also on My Name is Earl, the Clueless TV series. So it was a, appeared in two different shows featuring Donald Faison. And also a very short-lived, underrated show called Raising Hope. Did you ever watch Raising Hope? I think I know what it is, but I don't think I watched it. Okay. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why are you my facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Well, Matt, even though you're not a drinker, what other songs about sipping on hooch come to mind? And where does hooch Oof. lie in comparison? Let me think. Man, I wish... 
I wish I had thought about that in advance because I'm sure there's so many, and now I'm just like well, I can blanking. Think of a few. I can yeah, think throw of a few. throw a few out there. Get my brain juices flowing a little bit. Well, one of the first ones I think of is Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Okay, I would put Hooch above Margaritaville. As much as I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan, I'm not a fan of that specific song as much. You're a Jimmy Buffett fan, huh? I I enjoy his greatest hits album. <laughs> <laughs> the songs you know by heart. It's got some good ones. Cheeseburger in Paradise is not bad. What about Red Red Wine by UB40? I mean, I know you love Red Red Wine. I'm yeah, I guess that is about people hanging out and drinking. So yeah, I'll take it. I'll put UB40 above Hooch by everything. How about Jaquan Tipsy? A song we covered on One Hit Thunder before. I think I'd actually rather listen to Hooch over tipsy as as much wow. as i enjoy the the beat and the chorus to tipsy okay how about tub thumping i mean that's a song th- about drinking i'll i'll take that all the way to the top that is literally the song about drinking with your friends gotcha well i can't really think of any more off the top of my head let me here, see i'm gonna do a quick google songs about drinking with your friends how about tiktok by kesha oh tiktok's a good one i you can brush right. your teeth with a bottle of jack or a bottle <laughs> of hooch so actually, first song that pops up when I search songs about drinking with your friends, <laughs> Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I'm not much of a country guy, but I would say that's not that bad of a country song. No, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Also, I found a list of best drinking songs ranked. Number one, Beastie Boys' Brass Monkey. What? <laughs> that... Who's making this list? That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Timeout.com chose that list. Uh, tre- number two was Streams of Whiskey by the Pogues. Don't know it. Number three was Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg. That's a pretty good option right there. All right. Four was White Lightning by George Jones. Don't know it. This isn't necessarily about drinking with your friends, but sh- sure to be a future One Hit Thunder episode. Uh, number seven, Tequila by the Champs. <laughs> okay. The, the song that makes me think of Pee Wee Herman dancing. Yep. Number eight, Too Drunk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite songs <laughs> to <laughs> sit around a fire and drink some hooch with my friends. Uh, I'll, I'll stop here. But the last one okay. I saw was Chance the Rapper All Night at number 12. <laughs> That's funny. That song is on my playlist that I call Songs That Move Me <laughs> that I just am always adding songs to. And when I put it on shuffle, I mean, it has 500 songs. I hear that song every time I put it on shuffle. And it's not necessarily that good of a song. That's I don't know the, why, why. That's I put what it Hooch on is on my playlist. It doesn't matter. I have over 700 songs on that playlist. And it doesn't matter when I hit shuffle. Hooch will be one of the first five songs that plays on that playlist. I don't get it. Because, yeah, it's a fine song. It's not the best. Uh, I kept scrolling. There are two more that are worth calling out. One that actually, yeah, I do. I would say that this might be my favorite song about hanging out and drinking with your friends. Flogging Molly's Drunken Lullabies. That song just gives you the vibe of just hanging out with a group of friends as they're getting drunker and drunker. (laughs) I don't think there's any situation in life where I would ever put on flogging molly i don't think that would i don't ever see myself in a situation see and i love i love me some flogging molly and then ironically the first jimmy buffett song on here not margaritaville (laughs) but 
his song "Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw." Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah which is probably one of my favorite Jimmy Buffett songs. That is a good one. I am that weird anomaly, though, because I don't drink, but I do love a party, and I love being around people, as long as they're not, like, disgustingly drunk, where they can't, like, function. I love being around people when they're drinking. I love a casual drinking hang. I just don't like when I'm put in a situation where I'm nervous about a friend who's deciding that they are all right enough to drive, and I, through my sober eyes, can tell that they are certainly not all right enough (laughs) to drive and have to like become the the mediary in that decision (laughs) i love a good party i love having drinks with friends but being in a place with a lot of drunk people being it being an nfl football parking lot before a game or a big festival where the crowd might be questionable these are the things of nightmares to me (laughs) um St. Patrick's Day in the south side of Pittsburgh. These things are places I want to be at least five miles away from. I did a beer crawl one year for St. Patrick's Day with a group of friends where they were doing like a beer bus thing. And I was following behind in my car for when they were ready to just call it so I could like drive them home. And that shit started at like 10 in the morning. And by two... I was just like, I'm going to just head home. You guys call me when you're ready. Because it was just, it was already obnoxious. And I was like, if this is how bad it is at two, like when we get to the four, five, six o'clock portion of this, it's just going to get worse. So like two people, two of like the four people were like, I'm kind of ready to call it. So we went back to my apartment and we watched like Wet Hot American Summer and a couple other movies. And then eventually I, I drove them home and picked up the other two people who stuck with the bus until like nine or 10 o'clock at night. I agree with you. Those those are like my my own living hell. My dad is Mr. Like, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm taking off of work. I'm waking up early. I'm going to the bar and I'm just like hanging out and socializing with people until my wife picks me up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I didn't get that gene from him apparently. <laughs> so so I'm with you. There's there's a certain level, right? Like house party, fun. Bar or like you said a festival? Hell no. Keep me as far away from it. That's why like music festivals appeal to me less and less and less <laughs> every day where I'm just like, no thank you. I won't go to a music festival unless I'm playing at it. Which I don't care note, who's playing at it. I'm not going to go unless I'm playing at it because I don't want to be around all those people. Sorry. <laughs> but sipping hooch around the campfire and reconnecting with our ancestors, that is something that has been enjoyable 99.9% of the times I've done it. The one, <laughs> the one exception I can think of where it was not as enjoyable as one time at my old house, there was this gigantic pile of tree branches and stuff and they were very dry and we decided to light them on fire mid party and it was the most giant fire you've ever seen (laughs) and i was real nervous because everyone was messing with me saying oh man the fire department's i mean i'm talking it was stories high yeah you know you could definitely see this fire from miles around (laughs) and i was really nervous luckily it pretty quickly died 
down. But uh, that was the one exception I could think of where a campfire wasn't enjoyable. You know, the song Hooch makes me even think of like, this song catches the vibe of like the time I came up and we record it during the summer and we went to like Johnny's pool for a night. You know what I mean? Like it absolutely catches that vibe of just like a couple good friends hanging out with some tunes, some swimming, like you said, a fire, just, just good times, just having good times with your buds. That's, that's what the song is about at the end of the day. Not so much about the hooch, but it's about the people you got the hooch with. It's about the hooch state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> But again, everything throwing a couple more points their way on on you know the they had this whole snafu with the record label merger, found themselves as an independent once again. Uh, they did release an independent album in two thousand one, toured a little bit before going on a very brief hiatus for about a year or two. And as far as I can tell, they're still a touring band. Now Wikipedia has their last album as two thousand six, but Spotify has a cover EP that mm-hmm. they put out last year, which was okay. You know, it, it was, it didn't, if it wasn't for the fact that the album cover on Spotify has their logo of that little lowercase E in the center of it, I would have thought that it was a different band named everything that like loaded the song and it got associated to the wrong page. Cause it's very just guitar and jazzy drum influence versus, like I said, this. This album and a lot of the earlier albums do feel like a Dave Matthews light type vibe. You've got like the horn section and, and you know, it's got a jam band-esque vibe to it. On that cover EP, they did a very way less rockin' version of Elvis Costello, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. Yeah. Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong is on the, there. Uh, w- which... Rocks way less than Louis Armstrong's Yes, yeah, which version. is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite of theirs. I didn't mind the songs off of their 90s albums, but I was very underwhelmed by by that EP, to be, to be honest. Did you watch the music video? For Hooch? Yes. Of course. I mean, I used to watch the video when it would come on MTV as well. But yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a very 1998 pre-September 11th music video. <laughs> Very bright. They do some dances in that video. <laughs> you gonna you gonna learn them? Maybe that's your next TikTok as you bring back the hooch dance trend. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Where did you land on this? Because I'm still like, I didn't hate when I had their music on, but I also, even in the moment, was very aware that I was not going to revisit anything by the band Everything. So I really respect... The fact that they apparently played 200 to 250 shows a year for a decade. Seems like they paid their dues. Seems like they're still a band. They had an almost hit. These are all things in the pro column, right? <laughs> yeah, but like, just from a from a musical standpoint, how did you feel about the band? I think they're terrible. <laughs> I think this is one of the worst songs that we've done on this show. I think this is horrendous. It's absolutely garbage. I could I watched a video and I'm just like I couldn't cringe harder watching these guys play. This song is terrible. This is a, this is a horrible song. This is this it's an insult to Dave Matthews band, who I'm not really a I'm not really a Dave head. But it's an insult to compare this band to Dave Matthews' band. This is a very bad band. This sounds like a guy who picked up an acoustic guitar at a college frat party and started playing it way too loud. 
over yeah. in the corner. And it's just fluff. Like, I don't understand how you could play that many shows a year and be a band for that long. And this is what you make. I don't understand how hooch is what you make. I kind of agree with you to a certain extent. <laughs> They're not the worst band I've ever heard, but they are definitely, you know, at the time that we're recording this, I besmirched the name of the Grateful Dead a little bit while we were recording that episode. And and now I'm the proud owner of not one, but two Grateful Dead CDs <laughs> that I picked up in the last week. So, you know, I, I kind of had a, a change of heart towards that band. I don't see that being the case with everything. I, I think that at the most, Hooch will continue to show up on that 90s playlist and I'll enjoy it for the two or three minutes that it's on. But I'm definitely not going to run out and make sure that I have their full album in my collection. I'm definitely not going to be like, hey, you know what song needs to be on that party playlist? Hooch. <laughs> Get that on there. But I don't I don't I don't hate this. I, I think we've done worse. I don't think that this is worse than that Hoobastank song in my mind. <laughs> that's I mean, not that that's the highest bar that we've ever <laughs> that we've ever set. I mean, I guess we'll get into it. Thunder or blunder. I'm I'm going to have to go with a blunder on this one. <laughs> yeah, this is a blunder. This is <laughs> this is a bad song. This is a not a good band. <laughs> I, I don't understand how you play that many shows and be a band for that long. And this is what you got. And the music video only made it all the worse. It was very bad. You know, I've said it before on this show, but Chris, the poker face that you have sometimes of just holding those cards to your chest until we get to the very end. Sometimes it sounds like you love a song. And then at the zero hour, you let the true feelings come out. And other times, you spend 30 minutes shitting on a song, and then you're like, yeah, I kind of like it. I'm going to give it a thunder. Well, the true test, Matt, will be if we're hanging out, we'll put on hooch and have a few. I'll, I'll sip a little hooch, listen to hooch, and then in the event that I discover something about this song, maybe connect with an ancestor, something – I will absolutely do a retraction on One Hit Thunder and retract my blunder if that's the case. But for now, I think this is a very bad song. All right. Well, I think your homework, before we get to episode 149, when we decide to rank the songs of the year, you'll have to you'll have to do the hooch while listening to hooch experiment just to just to see if it does anything for you so that you're making sure that it gets ranked properly. Cause okay. Right now, I'm getting a very strong vibe and just thinking of the songs we've done this year. Hooch has a strong chance of being at the very bottom for the year, I think. We'll see. I'm thinking about all the other songs we've covered before and what's on the lineup, and it's it ain't looking good for everything. It's not there, it's not gonna be their year. Not the year of the hooch. I'm waiting for you to say I know you better. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Vitalius of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Record off the Rewind EP by Punchline. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and news. Do you want to start your own podcast? Then contact Chris and I at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.